Hello and welcome to the Cafe Bitcoin podcast, brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best way to buy and learn about Bitcoin. I'm your host, Alex Danzig, and we're excited to announce that we're bringing the Cafe Bitcoin conversation from Twitter Spaces to you on this show, the Cafe Bitcoin podcast, Monday through Friday, every week. Join us as we speak to guests like Michael Saylor, Lynn Alden, Corey Clipston, Greg Foss, Tomer Strolight, and many others in the Bitcoin space. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode. You can join us live on Twitter Spaces Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern every morning to become part of the conversation yourself. Thanks again. We look forward to bringing you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. All right. All right. Good morning, all you Cafe Bitcoiners. It is Thursday, December 7th, 2023. It is another fine day in Bitcoin. Prices pulled back just a little bit from 44K. And wow, it's being talked about quite a bit. It's being talked about in congressional testimony. It's being talked about in presidential debates. We certainly live in wild times. Good morning to all you Cafe Bitcoiners. Can you hear the coffee grinder in the background? <laughs> no, but that would be a nice sound for the morning. <laughs> all right, just making sure. <laughs> morning, Shelly. Morning, Terrence. Dom Bay out in the audience. All you, all the rest of you Cafe Bitcoiners. Good morning, Jacob, over there in Vegas. I will be there tonight. Good morning. Good morning to all you criminals. Oh, yeah, it's so sad. All right, let's uh, let's intro the show and get rolling into our stuff today. Welcome to Cafe Bitcoin episode 493. Shout outs to our supporters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Fountain. Our mission for this show is to provide the signal in a, uh, in a sea of noise, teaching people about this bright orange future that we call Bitcoin, what it really is. Not what some lizards say it is. Because <laughs> in today's show, we're going to talk about crying lizard bankers and senators. We're going to talk about Twitter community notes. Bitcoin in presidential debates is becoming a thing. But before we dig in all that kind of stuff, uh, is there anything important, Shelly or Terrence, that you want to hit uh, before we start digging into the rest of this? I'm just know. impressed we're having this. I figured you guys would be so busy with unconfiscatable. I wasn't even sure you were going to run this, Alex. Oh, yeah. I'm still at home. I mean, I uh, I would have loved to be in Vegas already, but we're in a bull market, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm working as much as possible here um, and not spending the entire time over at unconfiscatable. But a lot of our crew is there. Yeah, right on. I think I'm going to see the other half of your crew in, in West Hollywood today, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, just a side note for anybody that's interested in checking out the Unconfiscatable content today, um, Simply Bitcoin and Unconfiscatable will be streaming it to their YouTube channel, but also we'll be having a Spaces. Um, so the panels from the conference will be coming in through Spaces. Um, I believe Simply Bitcoin and Unconfiscatable will be doing that one, but... Uh, but you won't be missing a thing if you're not in Vegas. Still going to get to check out all those awesome panels. 
All right. So briefly on that note, I saw Anna's hoodie on her tweet, and I'm going to need one of those. So whatever we have to do to make that happen, let me know when you see me. I will uh, put in a word. Thank you. This place is a fiat hellhole. <laughs> that that is true. That's why they have the conference here. They're like, let's give extreme contrast. One day in Vegas undoes two months of Bitcoin wavelength building. It's all good though. Good times. <laughs> It's amazing uh, to me the the nature of human humanity. You know, there's always going to be a place for things like Vegas, I suppose. For what it's worth, I think it's so cool having a conference here or an event because um, it's truly like an experience, and that's similar to I feel like how with Pacific Bitcoin is going to these events where they're in a very uh, interesting place where you're with all your Bitcoin friends and doing something that you normally wouldn't do. Uh, you know, it's just it, not only are you getting to run into everybody down in the lobby, but you're also going to the event, but then you're in Vegas with all of these buddies of yours and it's quite an experience. So it's much more than just going to one single panel or talks and stuff. It's like, you're really getting a, a life memory with it. So it's been, it's been fun this week. Really looking forward to everybody getting down here this weekend. But Jacob, dude, when I saw you, you literally walked right by me and pretend like you didn't even see me. I don't. It doesn't match what you're saying. Your, your mustache threw me off. I wasn't. I didn't know it was you. Don't worry, he did it to me too. <laughs> uh, did any of you the poker tournament last night? Who won? I played. Yeah, we left. Won. We left before the final table. Cal was at the final table. Cal, Cal crushed me with a full house against my triple uh, trip aces. Not cool. Thought Bitcoin was a friendly place. No, it was a fun time. <laughs> uh, final table got interesting. Peter, me and Peter hung strong. We were at the same table. Uh, lots of fun banter. Uh, and we, we made it maybe to like halfway through and then we got knocked out. I don't know the winner though. You know, it's funny. I've seen some tweets from shitcoiners sort of criticizing us Bitcoiners for having a conference in Vegas. And I don't know, not that we're promoting gambling or whatever, but we're having fun gambling. And they're just like, well, what's the difference? You know, you, you guys say that we're a crypto casino and that we're gambling in crypto. What You know, you guys are doing the same thing. And I mean, obviously, I think, you know, the distinction is that everyone knows what a casino is. We know that we're throwing away some money we're it's, it's we're not it's not we're not presenting it to unsuspecting people thinking that it's an investment or thinking that it's money i think it's just more about the confusion but i just think it's interesting to think about sometimes because on one hand crypto really is just gambling and you know if they would just come out and say hey guys it's gambling you could lose all your money you know maybe there is no difference well, the, the difference is that poker isn't an unregistered security. So, I mean, if they want to do like <laughs> they want to do the right thing and disclose all of the insider knowledge and, and positions of, you know, pre mines and all these types of things and give their investors the actual knowledge that 
they kind of require to make a, a, a legitimate, you know, informed investment, then that'd be a different story. But guess what? None of these shit coins ever register as securities. And there's a reason why. Because as soon as they did, all their investors would get cold feet because they'd realize that they've invested into a fucking Ponzi piece of shit. Yeah, and that's what I mean. If they just, it, you know, if they just said, hey, guys, this, these aren't investments. We're no longer going to carry that narrative. Like, it's just, it's just gambling. Come have well, fun that, with Doggy I mean, Koto. I, I guess, and, and, and part of, so, okay, it's interesting because you've got, on one hand, you've got the shit coins who are really trying to act like, you know, they're, they're innovative and, you know, they're, they're providing some, you know, some service that's necessary in the world. And, like, that's, that's one side of the coin. And that's like your, your ETHs, your souls, your, you know, whatever, like all these shit coins who are, who are pretending like they're doing something important. And then on the other side, you've got your complete, like, degen gambling, pump and dump. Everyone knows it's a pump and dump, like the BRC20s. No one's actually pretending that these things do anything. Everyone who's participating knows that they're going to zero and that they're a hot potato. Um, you know, and then like, I haven't gone into these spaces, but I've heard people go into these spaces and say, you know, report back and say like, yeah, like they're all being pretty transparent about the fact that these things are like worthless <laughs> and that it's just degen gambling. So, I mean, part of me respects that side of things, I guess. I mean, I, you know, it's disappointing that people don't, you know, understand just how, scarce their sats are and that like they really shouldn't be gambling them but i guess if you have enough sats and you're willing to throw them away then you know whatever it's your money that's interesting that you've got the impression that they're giving these disclaimers and that you you say that they know that it's going to zero i don't get that impression and i'm friends with a lot of these people uh i'm friends with a lot of ordinals people and i have friends that make these I don't even know what we call them, tokens. And I think a lot of the people definitely think that they're going to make a really big bag. And well, everyone thinks they're going to make a big bag, but like but I don't, because I they're going to dump it, they don't think they're actually going. They don't think they're going up forever. Okay, I see what you're saying. So the ones that are orchestrating it, that are planning on exiting, know it. But I don't think that all the people participating, I guess there are a lot of people in China. The thing that's sad about it to me is like, okay, that's great that you're being transparent to your American bros. What about all the people in China that are going to get wrecked? You know, like those people matter too. And regarding the whole, <clears throat> you know, Vegas being a shitcoin thing, I don't disagree. I always hated Vegas growing up my whole life in California. I had zero interest in going and I have a lot of friends that like going to Vegas, obviously. I think those people are interesting and only because I don't understand their psychology. Living here is great, but the whole fiat aspect isn't exciting to me. But what most people don't know, <clears throat> even though everyone does know about gambling, is a lot of people jump off of buildings here. Like a lot of people commit suicide in this town and it's not reported. They don't put it on the news. That was one of the first things I learned when I moved here. And I only found out because locals told me, but they purposely suppress the amount of deaths that occur in the city because they don't want people to be deterred from coming. So the reason why people know that Vegas is a shit coin is because of anecdotal experience over time, right? Somebody saw their friend get wrecked or, you know, somebody saw their neighbor lose their home. 
and just it's been here for so long that enough time has passed that people have that awareness and I feel like that's what shit coins will be in the long run eventually people will figure it out like oh that's Vegas it's just too early that's why people don't fully correlate that yet Speaking of uh, just, you know, things getting found out. So according to Credit Suisse, you know, total global wealth is now currently 10.5 billion Bitcoin, which is about 500x overpriced. I mean, so that means on average, in my mind, everything is 500x overpriced. How, how much overpriced do you think the shit coins are? 500x, 1000x, a million x, like, you know, on average, everything's 500x. So that means some things are a little bit less than 500x, some things are a little bit more, you know, and some things are like just, you know, completely off the rails overpriced in terms of Bitcoin. I think shit coins are like a million x overpriced in terms of Bitcoin, right? So eventually, you know, the, the shit coiners are going to realize like, oh, Bitcoin's the thing that's that's repricing everything. Everyone's starting to denominate everything in terms of Bitcoin. My shit coins keep on losing value in terms of Bitcoin. I should probably dump these shit coins and get as many sats as I can while I still can, because uh, you know, <laughs> like this thing's trending towards zero. So I mean, eventually they might realize that. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I mean, look at look at Litecoin. There's still a bunch of fucking Litecoiners who think that Litecoin for some reason is going to, you know, make them money or, or do something, right? And you just look at the Litecoin chart, it's all-time lows in terms of Bitcoin. Like, literally, anyone who's bought Litecoin at any time ever in history is down in terms of Bitcoin. It doesn't matter if you if you bought at the best time, the worst time, you're literally down no matter where you bought. And I think that's kind of the future for every single shitcoin. So if you want to see, if you want to take a peer into the future for your favorite shitcoin, just go take a look at LTC, BTC, and you'll see what's, uh, what's to come. I do think a lot of us like to gamble. I mean, we have fun gambling. I mean, many of us first came into crypto because we like to gamble. Like, either we, that's all we thought it was or we were just curious. And, you know, the problem is when we go to Vegas, we clearly know what it is. But, you know, like back in 2017 when I got into this, you know, I'm like suddenly going to Cardano's website. I'm going to Ethereum's website and I see all these geometric lines drawn around and blockchain this and solution this and i'm like Ooh. oh my god dental records on the blockchain you know wow. mortgages on, you know it's like you just don't know and then of course there's this big shift once we get orange peeled and you're like oh wait a minute this is this is all about money so all these other things are just crap and you know i'm sure that's the problems that we have with you know the sec and regulation and you know with everything that's not bitcoin because there's no re no reason for any of these other things unless they just said, hey, guys, these are just online digital casinos, everybody. You you potentially are going to lose all your money. You know, gamble away and buy some green frogs or dick butts or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think I think I think we all think we like to gamble or at least some of us think we like to gamble. Right. And And maybe we get a rush out of it. But. Once you start denominating your life in terms of Bitcoin, I don't know. It, like to me, it, it 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 just started to get too too real. Like if I lost some sats gambling, it just you knew that you're not going to get them back easily, 
right? It's not like dollars where it's like, oh, I lost a thousand dollars, and then ten years from now, it's like, oh, I'm making a thousand dollars an hour, right? <laughs> it's like with with Bitcoin, it's the opposite. It's like, oh fuck, I lost a million sats, and then ten years from now, you're like, oh fuck, you know, I can't even make a million sats in in a year of of saving, right? So it's when it's the opposite that way. Like, it, I think gambling kind of becomes, you know, less and less. Uh, whatever the word attractive you know yeah we've talked about on here before and and y'all know how i feel about it like and i joke around that internally you you have two personas the the internal gambler degenerate and the you know disciplined long-term builder and and bitcoin feeds the long-term builder like relentlessly feeds that but the degenerate gambler is always there in all of us without a doubt. It's just like how caged that person is. And Vegas is fun, but it's definitely a good, you know, reminder, the discipline it takes if you were to even go, you know, there's a lot of people come here, hang out and they go like, oh, I just don't gamble at all. Good for them. Like they're, they're keeping that, that persona caged up. But if you do kind of dip in, you notice like, your wavelengths start getting messed with and that monster starts rolling out and um, it can come out in Bitcoin too, right? We see it a lot in people who are always kind of chasing price. They're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, they, they over leverage They're gambling and you can gamble with Bitcoin and we try to help those people go against it, but it's always there. Um, you know, just fortunately for us, again, Bitcoin reinforces the long-term builder and like puts that gambling mindset uh, completely, you know, in the, in the closet, wherever dampens it, crushes it. Well, it, 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 it burns out the stupid over time because lots of people climb Mount stupid. There are people climbing Mount stupid right now. Like there are people who have substantial for the, for Bitcoin the first time. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes people they need to climb Mount Stupid multiple times in different ways before they figure out that they're being stupid. Not, I mean, it's the weird thing about humans, man. I mean, sometimes we just need to get spanked to figure out. Well, that's dumb. And and it comes down to just again, like you know, we talk. Why why do people shitcoin? And it, usually, I find that they haven't dipped into Bitcoin and penetrated deep enough because you know, Wicked mentioned Litecoin. But if you simply like learn about the way Bitcoin is transmitted and, you know, how it can be, you know, split into lower denominations and how SAS work, like you quickly, very quickly can refer back to the Litecoin, whatever their game plan was and be like, this is absolutely worthless, has no use um, in what its intention is. But if you don't look into Bitcoin and see that, then you're caught up in this other shit. There's a ton of people who are betting on the idea that Bitcoin is going down, like down, down, like to 15 or so. I mean, there are, I'm not joking when I say this, there are people who have millions of dollars sitting in cash, quote, ready to buy Bitcoin, quote, but yeah, they're short, they've they're been watching, Bitcoin. they've been watching this price go up the entire time. Don't ask yep. me how I know that. If you're sitting in cash, you're shorting Bitcoin. And you're gonna get spanked. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe I hope you do. There you are know. people contemplating selling their stacks right now, thinking that they're gonna buy it back oh, at boy. like thirty k. 
Oh boy, don't do that. We yeah. made that mistake last last you know last cycle. You know, I made that mistake, and guess what happened? I got wrecked. And Did you get spanked, wicked? I got I got spanked hard. You know what? I've been so this so this entire bear market. I've been stacking my ass off, and I still haven't made back as many sats as I fucking lost last cycle. So, like, guys, really, like, you know, it's it's so depressing to lose, you know, most of your stack and then and then spend an entire cycle stacking and then still not make it back. Like, this is this is the lesson that Bitcoin. You had it. You had it in your hands. I literally, I literally, it was, you know, it was like I. It was a few months after I took it all into self custody, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should trade actually, and I put it back on the exchange and. You know, adios. I can tell you guys are in Vegas. Dom Bay's talking about penetrating hard, and Alex and Wicked are talking about getting spanked. Jeez. I'm Dom's literally recording yet. his faces at the craps table, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, pre- hey. I'm, pre- I'm preaching all this stuff as I'm like, yeah, so wait. This slot machine, it's positioned towards the cash machine. I'm telling you, this thing hits. Like, I just know it. Oh, and by the way, Bitcoin's going to drop, and I'm going to time it perfectly. So I, I liked uh, Dom Bay's, uh, and yes, you guys are hilarious. Uh, I like Dom Bay's view of white people's shitcoin. I think it's an optimistic view. Mine is different. Uh, I don't agree that that is white people's shitcoin. I think the reason why people shitcoin is we live in a society of people who a never had any financial education unless they come from a wealthy family and that was imparted to them. But the majority of people don't have financial education. It doesn't matter how much they make. There are a lot of people who make over a million dollars a year, but are poor living paycheck to paycheck with a lot of debt. I think that the other reason B is uh, the incredibly high time preference that most people have based on getting everything now. People's attention spans have decreased over the past five to 10 years, most likely from the usage of cell phones and swiping up, down, right, left, everything at your fingertips. You can have anything you want instantly, your clothes in the mail today, supplies for your home in the mail today, dinner at your door, not just pizza, but any meal you could want around town delivered to you instantly. And because people are so used to instant gratification and they don't have financial education, when you couple those two things and you give them an idea, hey, if you buy one of these things, you can become rich. It's like the lottery at that point, and everyone wants that hope. They don't have interest in learning about the difference between Bitcoin and shitcoins. Most of people... I don't think know that there's a difference, but I think the people that even once they become aware, they don't care. They're not like, oh, wow, Bitcoin's amazing. It solves problems for the world. They still want to get their bag and they want to get it quickly. Thank you. There's probably an incongruence too with ego for some people because they look at Bitcoin's price going up and they're like, well, I didn't make a mistake by not buying it. They, you know, so it must, you know, like Alex was saying, like these people that are saying, no, it's going to come back down to 10. It's going back down to 15. I'll, I'll, I'll get in at a better price. And of course with unit bias, they're looking at all these other shit coins and like, oh my God, 
These things are moving way faster. I can catch up. And there's also that activity bias. Like, you know, we know with Bitcoin, you just learn and you buy and you sit on your hands. Like you don't do anything. But, you know, as humans, we're like, oh, we need to be doing something. Like I need to be looking at charts and I need to be swapping this token for that token and leveraging this. And, you know, so, yeah. But what you said, Shelley, is so true. And Dom, I thought you articulated that so well. I loved hearing the bifurcation of, of our personalities. Good morning, Bitcoin, Chris, and Mickey. How are you guys doing? You have something you want to add here? And good morning, fellow Bitcoiners. Uh, thanks for inviting me up. I appreciate you guys. Much love you guys. Haven't seen you guys in a while. I've been grinding and working very smart, not very hard. Um, but I agree exactly what Shelly was saying. I think we've actually had these conversations in the past, but it's good to you know re re um, revisit these topics, right? Financial education is definitely the main factor. Also, we got a couple that with, you know, there's no hope for the younger generation, man. They they're just trying to get some money. Right. They're they're not they don't have any hope for the future based on what they're seeing. And, you know, they can't even get a home. Millennials can't get homes now because it's out of the there's just so many different, you know, things that tie into why people shit coin. And of course, people like to play play the lotto and gamble because we're you know, we all have a little bit of degeneracy in our DNA. Right. But. I think it's uh, like like Alex said, you just got to you got to burn yourself right on the on the stove a couple of times or maybe one time right before you understand the difference between the shit coins and the Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, we are here in 2023 educating the masses still stacking away. Much love. You guys just want to hop in and join the convo today. So thank you for inviting me up. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. A couple of things. I don't think all of us have this DGen tendency to gamble. I don't gamble at all. I don't. Damn, I don't damn. like it. Uh, we know you. We I, know I'm, you want to. We know you want I'm to. Curious. Uh, I'd be curious to know what percentage of the population, like Terrence was saying, you know, we all like to gamble. No, not all of us. I, I, I would would be curious what percentage of the population uh, likes doing it and does it on on the regular. Wait, question, I, I, Alex. So, have you ever gambled? Oh, sure. Just for fun, though. I, I never right, was under right. the illusion so, that I was I mean, going to get anything for, from he's it. He's got coffee with Peter before. That's a gamble. If you do it for fun, that means that you <laughs> like it, right? Uh, I don't know. There, I mean, there are some things that I do for fun that I don't do like regularly, and I don't seek it out necessarily. Right, but also don't you kind of just think it's fun because your friends are doing it and it's like the thing to do that day. It's not like, nah, fuck like, that. I, I don't, it gives, I don't, it gives you a rush. I don't No, I don't do, I don't do anything just because my friends are doing it. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, way to stand up and be a leader, Alex. <laughs> You're a better man than Is us, that Alex. Leader or rebellious? I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe both. In fact, if a, if a whole bunch of my friends are doing something, I'll do the opposite just because, out of principle. Yeah. Like okay, so that's interesting because I also don't like to gamble and I also like to do the opposite of what the crowd is doing. So, yeah, we definitely need to do a study. We got to get some stats. Well, I think yeah. we can look at the stats of people that buy. We talked about this again last time. Um, how many people that buy lottery tickets, right? A, a huge section of the population, if I'm not mistaken, partakes in the fucking lottery right and also there's a percentage of the population that goes to vegas and gambles as well so that data would definitely be dope to to look up and so compare and contrast do you know do you know when it comes to lottery tickets because i i don't really follow the lottery i've never really cared about it 
But I actually don't play the lotto, but I just I always see like all these news articles and I'm in Florida. Somebody won like a bunch of money and they didn't claim it yet. So I saw like a bunch of people online talking about it on my Facebook page. So, no, I don't really know, but I'm sure it's a quick Google search away. Well, yeah, what I think would be interesting to see is uh, it feels like to me when the price goes up on the pot for lottery that like a bunch of people YOLO in. To oh heck yeah! So that's, that's a self. Yeah, there's definitely I do. a I do. self can't, reinforcement. Can't win if you don't play. Can't win if but you don't play. But that's why it's funny. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's similar to Bitcoin in that way. That like Bitcoin can be a great deal at like twelve thousand, and no one wants to buy it. But now it's at fifty, and like everyone's yellowing in. And I just think it's interesting that it seems similar to the lottery, where like a lot of people don't care about buying lottery tickets until it's a billion dollars. And now they're driving to a different state just to buy tickets. It just seems like the same pattern and it's kind at of a, amusing. At a certain price that it's actually statistically in your favor to buy a couple tickets. I mean, don't yellow in with your life savings, but whenever it gets over like $600 million, the odds are actually in your favor in, in a weird math way. So that's the only time I ever buy a ticket or two is when it's like over half a billion. Wiggle. Yeah, I should actually play more. You guys don't know this about me, but I'm really good at almost winning the lottery. And what I mean by <laughs> that is, I know it sounds hilarious, but it's true. Like, I'm not just making, this is not some bullshit. I actually posted a receipt on Twitter. It's in my feed somewhere that last time when it went over a billion and I was in Arizona and California that week. So I just bought tickets in both states because I could. And almost I was off winning. by one almost digit. Winning on every single number except for like the two that I got right but everything else I was off by one and that happens every time I play I'm either one up or one under on every number and I'm like I feel like God's just telling me um you should have bought bitcoin it's sweet that you guys think the lottery exists sometimes I forget what like sweet little babies you guys are little tender butterflies out there you guys think the lottery exists you know (laughs) the earth is flat as well you know, Shelly, the winning Here numbers of. Spoon. Good morning to uh, Peter. It's nice of you to finally join us. You must have been up late doing stuff in Vegas last night. Yes, Peter, please address me. Uh, we got back from the poker tape, from the casino at, I don't know, four thirty five, something like that. So, yeah, I slept in a little bit. Sorry. Did you okay, do your who push-ups? won? We've been waiting all morning to find out who won. Who won? Definitely. The, who won the poker tournament? The one, the uh, the confiscatable right. one. Right. Um, right. All I know is Tao came in fourth, and there was three people left. And at that point, uh, I left unconfiscatable, so I'm not sure who won. What What place did you have to get in to break even? I did not break even, uh, yeah. and oh, oh, the, oh, the uh, on the uncomp. You know, I don't even remember what the payouts were. They they paid out this year. They paid out one through nine, or yeah, one through nine. They paid out everybody on the on the final table. I know that nine got like a hundred and fifty bucks. I think it was probably fourth place, something like that, fourth or fifth place to to break even, something like. But there was also some. They had a neat thing. There was some bounty cards. So there was point uh, zero zero. Zero three. It's about 115 bucks. Um, every time you knock somebody out, you were able to acquire their bounty card. So um, there was a bunch of people who 
defrayed some of their some of their entry fee by uh, knocking other uh, others out. It was a really great tournament. It was really fun. Uh, Tone did a great job. All the people at Con- Unconfiscatable did a great job uh, putting it on. Had a blast. Did I miss it? Who won? Did you announce who won? He said not fourth. We don't know who won though. Some shadowy super coder. I see. I didn't meet you. Where were you, Shelly? That is a great question. So we went to the poker tournament. Uh, I went with uh, Miss El Salvador. And uh, we then, once we made an appearance and realized that we probably wouldn't have fun watching a bunch of guys playing poker, we went to dinner. And then we decided to go to uh, Area 15, Meow Wolf, Omega Mart. Uh, something that neither of us had ever done, so we had a lot of fun. And then I, I went home early. I got home before midnight because I'm actually working the conference today. I'm uh, doing the showrunner position. I'm coordinating the speakers. I've never done that before. I feel like it might be hurting cats, and so I wanted to be well-rested. So I was glad I was able to get some sleep and wake up on time to be here with you all. But now I'm so curious to know who won the tournament. Anybody who would know is probably still asleep, though, so there's no hope for us finding out. So proud of you, Shelley. Disciplined. Thank you. I'm disciplined when I commit to things. I'm very serious about them. So even though, you know, it's probably not that difficult of a job, I I just wanted to put my best foot forward. And so, uh, yeah, anyone that I didn't see yesterday, you'll see me today. I'm going to be wearing a vibrant suit, so I stand out to the speakers, and I'm also probably the shortest person in the building. All right, you guys ready to talk about some Bitcoin stuff? There is a uh, there's a discussion that was taking place. Um, I'm not quite sure where this came from, but Jacob showed it to me this morning. Pretty interesting. There was a guy explaining what he calls it crypto is going to do to banking. I'm not sure I agree with it, but he does make some interesting points. So I thought we would play this and uh, get you guys' thoughts on it. So if you're ready, Jacob. And they created this thing called a promissory note where DCG said, You, you got to unmute and leave it un- unmuted. Does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. The core things that banks have done since the 1300s, those are going to go away 100%. And, and let's just be clear what I mean by that. The reason that we even have banks, banks originated in Italy around the year like 1340, all right? And the reason they originated was because of a set of accounting advances that allowed banks to serve as trusted intermediaries between parties that owed each other money. Before that, literally, I would write you a note and I would promise to pay you money and you'd put the note in your pocket and you'd see if anybody else would take the note. You know, that's, that's why we refer to discounting notes. And then banks arose and it was like, you no longer need to do that. We'll take care of it for you, but you're gonna have to pay us to do that. That function of needing a trusted intermediary to maintain ledgers of account to figure out, do I owe Brooks money or does Brooks owe me money? It turns out that function no longer has to be done by human beings. The same way we don't need postal clerks anymore. I can send you an email for free and it's instant and that's just the end of the post office. Sorry, but it just is. That function will go away. What's gonna be left for banks is the high value add services, you know, structured finance, investment advisory, you know, uh, all of the things that make a dynamic economy function, we, we still need people to do that. There's a lot of creativity going on in finance. 
But the core of banking, the base of the pyramid, the thing that drives most of their revenue, doesn't need to exist. And that's why I say, and I was saying to one of the organizers, even before we stood up on this panel, cryptocurrency does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. Just if you take nothing from this panel but that, that's what you need to understand. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. I don't Email me a package, please. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with all that. But the thing that I found interesting was the, the part about the centralized ledger. Do, you, does any, do any of you have any comments about this? I mean, I don't fully agree with this stuff and this thinking. I mean, you go, you guys know what I think about all of this, you know, and what I've said about banking system, fiat system, whatever. But I mean, and even in the white paper, Satoshi calls out, you know, the problems with trusted third parties. But I don't remember in there him talking about creating Bitcoin to take down banks. It was a, you know, a peer-to-peer ability to transact and you know i mean if it changes the way that banks do their predatory and fraudulent models then maybe that's good for humanity i think that they're going to still try to we're going to see it in stages we're already seeing it right now they're just now scratching at it and trying to figure out how they're going to play it eventually they're you know you can imagine i've said it before the the, the rats are trying to climb onto the ship so, you know, they're going to try to figure out how they can attach themselves as a barnacle onto this ship and to get some sort of benefit out of it. And they'll still provide services for humanity. We'll see how it goes. I don't think that Bitcoin is meant to shut down banks, like just a clear statement like that. I, I mean, I would say Bitcoin is meant to shut down central banks, though, because, I mean, it does take the power away from them in terms of the issuance of money. So in that sense, I would say it's meant to set, shut down central banks. What I do believe, though, is that there will be kind of a flourishing of private banking. And many of us are already serving as private banks, whether or not we see ourselves that way, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you, <laughs> if you don't at least advise your friends and family on their Bitcoin, you might even, you know, manage the Bitcoin of your friends and family. So you yourself are a private bank in a sense, right? You're a community bank. You're already becoming like kind of the next tier of banking. And this peer-to-peer -peer nature of Bitcoin, right? If I'm if I'm a private bank and Ant, you're a private bank, and we want to settle some 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 funds between our communities, that's still peer-to-peer -peer in my book. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think I mean, like you said, it's not meant to 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 you know, destroy private banks, but I do think it's meant to destroy central banks. Well, and the implication clear to the lizards listening, I'm not a bank. The implication was always there though, Be too. Bank, even Be your those, own bank, Ant. Even though Satoshi didn't mention it directly, I mean the whole Chancellor on the brink and and like Ann said, the trusted third parties, I mean it it always was supposed to be an, an opt-out in an alternate system away from banks. But yes, I agree. Let, I think we're talking about central banks, not not services that we 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 would need beyond just the basic stuff. You know, I'm not sure about that. It calls certain things into question. The thing that the guy said that I thought was interesting was is that it it 
the fact that they had a centralized ledger and they were the arbiter of of whether a transaction was good or not was necessary because there was no way to prove it otherwise. And what Bitcoin has done is it's created this thing that anyone can look at and verify whether their transaction went through or not. You don't need the the bank as a centralized authority to play referee anymore. And in a fractional reserve banking system, banks basically make money out of thin air for loans and things like that. This is a large part of how they generate their revenue. So you're essentially attacking with Bitcoin, you're attacking this, this thing where humanity has looked upon banks as the, as the fair uh, and trusted arbiter of these types of things. And that's not necessary anymore. And I think you are starting to see that they are that that is what's and we'll get into that in a minute but let's get the the rest of the comments here uh bitcoin chris i know you had something we'll go with you and then dom bay surfer jim i'm not sure if you wanted to weigh in on this topic but we'll get to you after that yeah i was gonna say i think all banks are implicit right it doesn't matter if it's a small bank or big bank is like you just said alex they all participate in fractional reserve banking and like you just said as well they can create money out of thin air. So I believe that it will destroy the banks. We are our own bank, whether we want to believe that or not. That's why we have our own wallets. We can create a wallet instantaneously in as many wallets as we can. Um, I have a 13-year-old who cannot go into a bank and create a bank account without an ID or without without my permission or his mom's permission, right? But all he has to do now on his iPhone, download the blue wallet, and I send him stats all the time. He is his own bank. So I think banks offer services that we do need. However, they make an abundant amount of money off of interest and, you know, they, they take advantage of those who are, once again, like Shelly said, and what I've been saying for, for years, right, are people that are financially illiterate. Because there's other vehicles for you to borrow money. You can borrow against your life insurance policy, which is high-level stuff that all the wealthy people do. Nobody talks about that. You can also, you know, fix your credit and get a lower credit, get a lower interest rate versus having, you know, bad credit and a higher interest rate, paying more. So, you know, they make money off of people, off of people's ignorance. So if you don't know how the system works, how the game works, and we weren't taught this, right? We're all rebels in this room. We all understand that, you know, the system is flawed and it's fucked up. So we're just trying to get our way. We're trying to, we are opting out of that system with Bitcoin, whether we understand that we're our own banks or not. That's, that's just peaceful, my thing. Peaceful revolution underway dombe yeah i think the post office uh comparison is is interesting it gets you thinking a little bit one thing i always think about is is we talk about you know looking out long term look how long and i know ant was saying you know what the package is um, which is true you know email you can't send packages but but as he mentioned though the talker of that clip you played he said the core services like the original reason on why it came to exist right the thought of the post office delivering written correspondence for important things uh and and of course and again the core of banking being you know being able to take your money to a place that can hold that for you so you won't lose it and that core function being no longer necessary uh but look how long it's taken and i always joke around six days a week they still shove 400 pages of absolute trash into my mailbox i take it out of the box i go to my trash i see if maybe there's one thing of use in there and then i 
rip it up and throw it all away. Um, look how long it's taken. And so banks ain't going to go anywhere, uh, anytime soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it is interesting. There's a reason that Senator Warren is lining up, um, the closest thing I've seen to a puppet show since I was like seven. I know we're going to talk about that later. Well, I mean, to your point, so, I mean, you know, these things do change. Their services change. I have to remember, like when I zoom out and look at these things, I have to remember that we're living in, in a competitive marketplace and all of these things are in competition. You know, the, the banks have created their, their moat to competition because they've entrenched themselves using their money printing capabilities to basically eliminate the competition in, in a lot of ways and using their government regulations and their friends in high places and their serpent milk that they drink every night. I don't know. But the, the, the reality is what they're facing now mm. is that Bitcoin represents an opportunity for them to compete. So, yeah, I mean, it's like it doesn't eliminate, but it does force them to compete. And that's where we get to see, like on a long term, how does this play out? The postal service is having to compete with email. I don't think so. It's like another layer of competition for sending a communication to somebody. If it's a package, email won't do it. Is there some function that a bank can serve that the Bitcoin network can't? They may be shunted to that. And if they still want to stay in business, that may be the only thing that they have. We're going to see. We're going to see how it plays out. Ultimately, it's yeah. competition. I think private, private e-cash, baby. Like that's going to be that's going to be a pretty fucking sick thing once it starts to become more widespread. So, Bitcoin-backed mints issuing their own Satoshi-denominated private e-cash. Right. Something that something that that Dom was saying is that like one of the core functions of banks these days is that we give them our cash to hold to hold the cash. But I would argue that if you, I mean, just going back to first principles, the reason that's a secondary effect of the reason people do that at all is because banks had established themselves as that centralized party, the trusted third party who was the arbiter, verify that we weren't double spending all these transactions, which is, again, this is the thing that Bitcoin blows up. So if I, I agree, I think the core function was based upon the idea that they were the trusted arbiter and that is being challenged. And how do we know it's being challenged? Well, because the lizards are crying about it, right? And we're going to get to that in a second. I want to see if Jim has anything else to add here before we get to that. Well, you guys are so good at explaining all this stuff. You covered everything I think I wanted to say, except the wording the guy used in that clip. He used the word cryptocurrency will replace banking. And of course, you guys have just um, articulated how banking, the concept of banking itself probably won't go away. And Wicked said one of the things I was going to say, we're going to have banking on Bitcoin. And so the services of banking might not go away, but it's the triple entry accounting of Bitcoin that gets rid of central banking, because now you don't need that arbiter, like you said, Alex, anybody can check the ledger now. And that's the difference. Um, I did raise my hand initially, Alex, to tell everybody who won the poker game, because in the Telegram channel for Unconfiscatable, it was posted. A guy <clears throat> goes by the name of Timo, T-I-M-O, maybe it's Timo. Uh, he won. I don't know who he is. Another guy named Jeff took second place. Um, uh, Tao took fourth place, our buddy Tao. I finally got to meet him last night, which was awesome. Perfect, Jim. That means Mark took third place. 
Okay, good. Well, Peter, Peter, you had to be there because Peter was Tao's cheering section. He was Tao's cheerleader, the loudest guy in the crowd. Every time Tao won a hand, it was classic and it was fun and it was a great night and it went flawless. Tone pulled off an excellent poker tournament. Uh, uh, like Everything about this conference is excellent. Alex, looking forward to seeing you later. Shelly, same thing. I'm sorry we missed each other last night, but we'll get to hang out later. Anybody who's missing it this year, try to make it next year. It's a great conference, so I had to plug that for a minute. Um, and thank you always for having me up, you guys. This is always great. I always learn stuff, and I hopefully I can contribute a little bit here and there. And I, I got to tell everybody who won the poker game, so that's my contribution today. Thank you. And, and by the way, we did the calculation. Tau, Tau got 1.135 Bitcoin for fourth place. So that's about 6000 bucks. Nice. Is that like a 10x of his buy-in? Wasn't the buy-in like... No, that's a 6x on his buy-in. What was the buy-in again? Point. It was 3 million sats. Whew. That's steep. And he did get a bunch of those bounty cards as well. And so that's another interesting angle that uh, helps helps those who are playing. Because there's guys like my friend Winston, he was kicked out pretty early. But he ended up with like four bounty cards. So he walked away with four or five hundred bucks. Not bad. You know, so it, it's a great conference and a great poker tournament for anybody who uh, missed it. All right. Going back to this. Thank you, by the way, for letting us know. But going back to this idea of... Uh, there may be some sense that the role of banks is um, potentially under attack. You know, well, this is how we're ready. Play it. I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, etc. You pointed out the only true use case for it is criminals, drug traffickers, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance, and that is a use case. Uh, because it is somewhat anonymous, not fully, and because you can move money instantaneously, and because it doesn't go through, as you mentioned, all these systems have built up over many years, know your customers, sanctions, OFAC, it's, they can get bypass all of that. I, if I was the government, I'd close it down. Okay. I've always been deeply... All right. So for those of you who don't know, that is Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan, who is basically, in my opinion, saying... Oh my gosh, this stuff, like this is, there's a risk here that my gravy train might be coming to an end. I'm very concerned about this. I don't have a Bitcoin ETF that's about to be approved. What the hell am I going to do? Uh, the government should close it down. The big sandwich maker doesn't want all of us to make our own sandwiches. The sandwich maker wants to hate on the quesadilla. You know, the ironic part about this is, is that J.P. Morgan is arguably one of the largest financial criminal enterprises in the history of mankind. I mean, if you go and you look at their record, it's not great. I think they've spent like $38 billion just in fees over all their malfeasance. It's, it's insane. Yeah, imagine their profit, and that's all they paid. It's always, this is always the case, and this is why I get so passionate and so pissed off about these banks they all need to burn down with all this bullshit but you know he's also buying bitcoin right i posted a video a while ago about they do these coordinated attacks right they 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 mass they they give mass 
FUD, right? And then they buy the dips and then they also have private services where they're offering their private and wealthy clients Bitcoin, right? And they have their own JP Morgan coin, right? And they do all this shit, right? And they're so contradictory, but they tell the masses everything the complete opposite of what they do. So, you know, it just ugh, makes you want to smash by more Bitcoin to put these fuckers out of business. And one last thing, I did post in the nest. Um, I posted this, I think, in 2021. Um, it's the second um, slide up there. Um, Unified Federal Credit Union has you are able to purchase. And I talked about this in a space previously in the past. Um, you can buy Bitcoin on that federal credit union. So I think in the future we're going to see banks because, you know, there's going to be those people that don't want to accept that responsibility of being sovereign or, you know, they don't want to fuck around and find out and lose their keys. Right. Um, cause they don't practice <laughs> correct key management. Um, but you know, thanks to Swan and other, um, entities that, you know, help people out with multi-sig and all that good stuff. But I think banks will offer this service of buying your Bitcoin and custodying your Bitcoin, just like I have shown here in Unify credit, federal credit union. And then that way, you know, you can buy Bitcoin through your bank and that will, I think, cause a, a mass, a mass orange pill effect across the board. And those banks that don't adopt this will suffer, and those banks that do adopt it will prosper. You know, Walker did a really good post where he kind of collated a bunch of the nonsense that JP Morgan has been involved in, such as JP Morgan hit with 200 million in fines for letting employees use WhatsApp to evade regulators' reach. J.P. Morgan and Deutsche Bank named in money laundering, Manhattan U.S. Attorney and FBI, Assistant Director in Charge announced filing of criminal charges against and deferred prosecution agreement with J.P. Morgan, and on and on and on. And there's so many of these things. Yeah, Alex, um, I look forward to the day, but I won't hold my breath. When one of these interviewers has the facts and finds a way to get it on the public record, ask the question of Jamie Dimon and watch him squirm. Maybe somebody like Joe Kernan one day, although of course the powers that be aren't going to let it happen. It has to happen naturally and look natural from the interviewer's point of view. But boy, would that send shockwaves around, you know, the, the Bitcoin community, the banking community, like, Oh shit, the, the, the curtain has been pulled back and Jamie Dimon has, no explanation for why they had to pay such massive fines for their for their uh, improper actions. Um, it's a big joke, but nobody's really exposing it except guys like us here in the Bitcoin space. But the facts are out there. It's just a matter of time if we get some bold interviewer to actually throw it out there and get it on the public record on a live interview that can't get edited. That would be great. But I yeah, so there was... The there's a strong organic response from the Bitcoin community when stuff like this comes up. You know, you've, we've seen it over and over again over the last year. Uh, New York Times will put something out that's basically incorrect. The Bitcoin, or the Bitcoin community corrects the shit out of them uh, and takes them to the woodshed. Uh, same thing, like all of these different um, media companies will release something and, and the Bitcoin community absolutely takes them to the woodshed. It's fascinating to me the hypocrisy, though, that's going on here. Because as soon as uh, Jamie Dimon said that, of course, Elizabeth Warren, who's interviewing him, agrees. She tweets out, 
when it comes to banking policy, I don't usually agree with the CEOs of multi-billion dollar banks. Yeah, sure, Liz. But enforcing anti-money laundering rules against crypto to protect national security is common sense and critical. In other words, if you don't agree with having all your freedoms infringed upon, it's not common sense. She goes, it's time for Congress to act. The hypocrisy is crazy to me. And interestingly enough, apparently, Jamie Dimon, this thing was community noted because the facts are that less than 1% of the trillions of dollars transacted annually uh, across the crypto ecosystem, less than 1% is, is illicit activity. And the UN is estimating that between 2 to 5% of global GDP, we're talking up to $2 trillion uh, is used for illicit activities through the traditional dollar banking system. And it's like, when are you people going to look at your own backyard instead of attacking this thing that is a foundation for freedom for not just Americans, but people around the entire globe? So there's a part in this puppet show that was unscripted uh, and maybe Jacob can find it if he can get up from the roulette wheel as he's, as he's producing behind the scenes. But, um, Jay, you know, uh, Senator Warren goes, and as banks, you guys have these systems in place to prevent, you know, uh, if someone wanted to use money for terrorism and, and, and fraud and, and Diamond goes, well, well, yes, they're not foolproof. But, yeah, you know, he sneaks in that they're not foolproof because, again, like Surfer Jim said, if you put him, if you called him to task, and said, let's let's take a look at JP Morgan, my good friend, and, and see what kind of things have gone on with your institution. Um, but he did kind of backpedal and say, well, it's not foolproof, which I thought was hysterical. If Jamie Dimon would have just eliminated the word Bitcoin, it would have been fine what he said. Jamie Dimon is trying to pack his bags. He has to FUD somehow so he can stack up more. He's a bitch, but, you know, it is what it is. That is how he hurt his arm in that sling, in that one picture where he had his arm in a sling. He was carrying, like, a ton of ASIC miners up to the 42nd floor of uh, whatever office building in New York he works out of. I have a question for you guys. Um, do you think the masses will wake up? When do you think the masses will wake up in regards to how evil and diabolical our banks are? Um, and do you think it will be before 2028 or after 2028? I, I think people are starting to wake up. I think the regional banking little uh, mini crisis that occurred, you know, caused a lot of people to just like, uh, think about it and, and re like challenge the way they look at their banks. I hear people talking about it more. I'm sure if you did a survey on trust for banks, like it's fallen. Um, and, uh, you know, again, that relevance is a big key too, right? You think about, you mentioned you have a 13 year old, but like, like they're never going to really want or need to set foot in a bank. Uh, you know, I mean, pending how things are looking uh in the future but as that need uh disappears you know i think people are going to view the banks differently and wake up a little more
I'll tell you one group that views banks differently, robbers, because there's no more cash in there. <laughs> Apologies, I'm doing a little bit of multitasking here. I'm getting DMs coming in, so I can't press the unmute button and do my thumb thing. I don't know how these these young young folks do this with their thumbs, man. It's like crazy how fast they type. So it seems this uh, this idea that Bitcoin slash crypto is only used for illicit activities is like full court press with the whole lizard complex. Um, Jacob, if you're ready, there's another video that I want to have him roll where uh, this is of, some of you may have seen this, some of you may have heard it, seen it, whatever. The recent debates, I believe that they were the Republican debates, and the moderator frames the question in, in the same way. So, Jacob, if you're ready, roll it. cryptocurrency like Bitcoin as an opt-out from our, quote, broken financial architecture, and you oppose efforts to regulate it. The head of the largest international crypto exchange just pleaded guilty to allowing his platform to launder money for terrorists, including Hamas. <laughs> you say your cryptocurrency plan will, quote, ensure economic freedom for Americans, end quote. Won't it also ensure economic freedom for fraudsters, criminals, and terrorists? Look, fraudsters, criminals, and terrorists have been defrauding people for a long time. Our regulations need to catch up with the current moment. The fact that SBF was able to do what he did at FTX shows that whatever they have as the current framework isn't working. And I think it is nothing short of embarrassing that Gary Gensler, the current leader of the SEC, in front of Congress could not even say whether Ethereum counted as a regulated security or not. And so I think that this is just another example of the administrative state gone too far. Here's the dirty little secret in American politics today. The people who we elect to run the government are not the ones who are even actually running the government. It is the bureaucrats in those three-letter agencies that are writing regulations that Congress never gave them the authority to write. And the good news is a U.S. president can absolutely fix that. That takes a U.S. president with a spine. So what I've said is in my administration, by the end of year one, we will have a seven. All right, you can cut it there. In the so there is a lot to unpack in that. I think, first of all, it's interesting to note the, the way the uh, moderator framed the question. Uh, I also think it's very interesting to note that they're bringing it up in presidential debates. That's pretty cool. Um, I think Vivek missed an opportunity here. He should have just responded with the U.S. dollar is used primarily for illicit activity and not crypto. He may not know that, but uh, I do like how he um, pointed out that the people that we elected to run the government are not the ones running the government. Man, I've been pounding the table on that for years. Oh, does anybody have any thoughts? He's, he's right about what he said. Um, yeah, he's he's saying all the things that uh, 
need to be said. I think there's a lot of people that still don't necessarily trust that guy. I'm not sure if I do either. But he is definitely bringing the heat in what he's talking about. He's pointing out things that are pretty like, you know, why hasn't anybody talked about this stuff yet? I thought it was interesting how he, it sounded like he played both sides of the coin on Ethereum uh, by asking uh, or stating that Gary Gensler couldn't state whether or not it was a security, but didn't take that any further. It's because he's got ETH in his bags. So that question leads to if he, so would you rather your, obviously we would rather our president be a Bitcoiner, but if he owns Ethereum as well, you guys not vote for him? Just means he doesn't really understand it in my mind. Talking about not understanding it, I mean, this is rewinding a little bit, but one of the comments that Jamie Dimon made to Senator Warren was that, well, I think the government should uh, close it down, close down Bitcoin. And in my opinion, that just shows how ignorant the man is of what Bitcoin is, if he thinks the government can simply close it down. And, And young people see this. I got a tweet. It's funny. Uh, I have two brothers and, and one of them is, I would say pretty orange pill. The other one, not so much. And, uh, my other brother who's not really orange pilled sent me a text that had the, the clip of him. And it said, yikes, what a loser. Uh, he's an idiot for saying that a dinosaur and he's not really, doesn't hold a lot of Bitcoin is not really well versed on it, but that's just from his perspective as a, as a younger dude looking at banking. And, um, and so, yeah, that, I, I think that statement came off as ignorant to a lot of people uh, looking from the outside, including no coiners. Mickey, did you have a comment? Mickey's currently fleeing from children. Gabe Lord, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Did you have something you want to add? Um, no, I actually had to jump for a few minutes. I'm back on now. Um, it's just exciting to be here. Um, man, Bitcoin Veterans was pretty awesome last night. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. That's my plug for it. Um, always check it out. Get caught up on the old episodes too. Been around for a minute, starting to catch on. But um, no, man, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm just jumping back in to the uh, conversation here. So when I have something of value to add, which may be relatively open to interpretation, then I will jump in. All right. We've talked about the subject of, you know, the government shutting down Bitcoin often. And uh, I think there, I mean, this is a major objection that I come across. It seems like it's it's a hurdle for a lot of people who, who are in traditional finance who are under the assumption that the government can just turn it off anytime they want to. I mean, a lot of people still believe that's the case. I thought that for a really long time. In fact, 
I mean, I knew about Bitcoin in 2011, did not take it seriously at all, because I always thought that that was the case. I thought the government was just going to shut it off when the government shut it off. And that was just me being ignorant and not understanding how Bitcoin works and the reasons why the government can't just shut it off. Um, but it's a, it's a big blocking, it's a big blocker for a lot of people, even, even to today. Who has more pull? Uh, Jamie Dimon or Larry Fink, because those are the opposing forces right now in terms of like who's who's actually you know got the capital and is putting their money where the mouths are right now. So who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna push the politicians in which direction? You know, I mean it's it's, it's the sad truth. You know, I don't you don't like to admit it, but that's just the truth. The matter. Wicked, you don't think they're they're having lunch together at the same racquetball club with Terrence and Co. Yeah, that I might mean, be it too. I think it's just a WWF, just another performance where they're laughing their asses off behind the scenes, like, all right, hey, yeah, Jamie, drop that, drop that uh puppet show tomorrow and then Maybe, I'll, I'll drop but, some. but I mean, so like okay, so Larry Fink, like Black Black BlackRock has a very clear incentive to you know, make a Bitcoin ETF product and then and then generate a ton of fees off of it. Whereas Jamie Dimon and you know and and the other you know large banks have a very clear incentive to try to slow down Bitcoin's progression because Bitcoin's eating into their bottom line when it comes to like their banking services, like we were just talking about. So I actually think that they are opposed for forces, right? I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe Jamie Dimon's loading his bags in the background because he knows that it's inevitable, maybe. But that doesn't mean he's he's not going to try to fight it for as long as possible, you know, yeah, because I, he's, he's literally trying to save his business. I think, you know, and, and the same goes for the big politicians at top, you know, the Trump versus Hillary. There are opposing forces, but they both mutually protect the game. Like they will battle each other for sure and real stakes and have opposing interests but where their common mutual interest is in protecting the game that allows them to play this that's where i think that they're all in cahoots i, I do believe exactly what you're saying that they may be f fighting like hard-fought battles you know like like uh, magic johnson and bird you know what i mean like it's, it's 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 real to them but the game is being protected by them both I'm going to add a big hell yeah to that. The The biggest threat to either of those two sides, if you want to call them that, is not one another. It's us. It's it's everybody else. I was watching a um, – I was watching – who the heck was it? RFK Jr. was talking. And he was, he was talking about the divisiveness and how it's manufactured among the general population and how the people who are – inside the walls that are driving the divisiveness you know they look out over the wall from the tower and they look down and as long as the people are fighting against each other then they're not climbing over the wall and coming in after them but make no mistake they're in there together and at the end of the day they will side with one another to protect those mutual interests that they do have
I agree a hundred percent. Hey Alex, I'm done dodging kids. There's there's a lot of things <laughs> I want to say about <clears throat> these hearings, uh, but I will have to remain silent on them for another two weeks or so. Mickey Cause getting out of the military. Two weeks to freedom. Spe- We're going to have to do a special Mickey Cause Unleashed. All the things Mickey Cause would have said, but didn't because he was active duty. But now he can say all of it. Y'all are lizards or fucks are. This summer with honorable discharge. One man, one mission. Calling out the lizards. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on the topic of everything we've discussed so far? Yeah, well, I appreciate what the, the guest last night had to say. He's an incredible guest on Bitcoin Veterans. The um, I do believe that the the leadership of different states will still have to head it up for adoption because when you get the states on board, that puts pressure on the Fed and the um, the constituents of the states. All they care, you know, all the constituents care about is a better lifestyle. And once they're educated and they can see what Bitcoin has to offer, then you have and, and you know they participate and they start earning through Bitcoin. Earning as in you know number go up. And they start to understand the technology. Um, I'm witnessing it here in Alaska. I, I felt a really big push in the last just you know week in, in my community and um, amongst the leadership. So as they start to understand the, the, the push in DC, DC will they'll have to capitulate at some point, or the states will will just counter them. And it do, I guess it depends on how other states like New York and California feel about Bitcoin in the end. But if if their constituents want Bitcoin, they're going to have to capitulate. By big push and by leadership, Wade, to, to be clear, you're talking about legislatures, legislators, excuse me, for the state of Alaska. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that is fantastic. And by the way, uh, well done and kudos and keep up the good work, man. For those of you who don't know, Wade's been on the mission up there in Alaska, just doing it, talking to legislators, creating uh, educational sessions, creating videos, producing videos, um, and he's been absolutely relentless, and apparently uh, it's starting to pay off. Maybe we'll see some freedom, freedom flowers blooming in Alaska. Thank you, Alex. In Bitcoin Alaska 2025? Hell yeah. Hey, Wade, what's the name of your, um, that YouTube video that you put together? Uh, Alaska's future lies in Bitcoin. Yeah. Check that out. YouTube that. Um, actually, if we can get that up in the nest, that would be awesome. 
But yeah, that's some yeah, weed weed is kicking ass up there and doing some amazing things. In that video, it's it's high quality, it's good stuff. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that we need to we need to boost the signal on. Here's an interesting thing that just came in. Uh, this is a reply. So I did a tweet this morning that said, someone going to tell Jamie Dimon that the government can't just close down Bitcoin. And this gentleman just replied to it. His name is Slow-Mo Mad Max. He goes, I figure they'll just deny internet service to hodlers. That is not outside the realm of possibility. This is the kind of stuff that we have to be thinking about. We have to be thinking adversarially and we have to be thinking about what is it that these lizards can actually try to do because more and more you know right now they're talking about the protocol they're talking about crypt quote crypto and they're lumping all the shit coins in with bitcoin and they're saying it's used for illicit activity but there may come a time when they start attacking bitcoiners directly you know if this fincen stuff passes uh anybody holding bitcoin in non-custodial wallets might be caught up in this and basically you know that stuff would make you criminals. So, you know, what happens? Like, what? where does that all lead? I just saw this thing this morning where it says, affirms the governments are using, governments, meaning Western governments, are using push notifications to surveil users. So, quote, a source familiar with the matter confirmed that both foreign and U.S. government agencies have been asking Apple and Google for metadata Related to push notification, words you have a little app on your sends you a push notification. Again, the data is said to have been used to attempt to tie anonymous users of messaging apps to specific Apple or Google accounts. And if you don't think they're doing that with other apps, like wallets, maybe, uh, maybe it's time to reconsider that. So, in the vein of what this gentleman said, I figured those just deny internet service to hodlers. Long term, understand, this does not stop Bitcoin because they're going to have to do it worldwide, globally, and I promise you there are going to be jurisdictions who are just giving the gigantic bird to that concept and letting their people use it. So you're going to see the game theory of Bitcoin playing out where some countries are going to be pro-Bitcoin and they are going to absolutely flourish and other countries that go against it, all they're going to do is be shooting themselves in the foot and, and damaging their own citizens. So the question becomes, how much of that lizard nonsense are people willing to put up with? You know, for a country built on violence, you know, we're pretty docile as a society. You know, we left, we left um, England, right? And we came over here and, you know, we... We're a pretty violent society, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. Of course, we want peace with Bitcoin. And the peaceful solution, I think, is if we continue to see these this encroachment and breach of our freedoms, my recommendation is just to move. I'm going to be moving out of the country regardless. I think America is Rome. It's just, you know, the newer version of Rome. So, you know, El Salvador, definitely looking to move there in the future. And if America keeps going on the path that it's going now with Elizabeth Warren and all these dinosaurs trying to create, you know, laws and pass legislation that hinder our rights and freedoms, then, you know, you just got to move. You're not a tree. You got to move. I love I love my country. I love America. 
America first, but you know, it's not looking too free. Not not looking too free right now, you guys. <laughs> well, Alex's Twitter went down, so you know how it is sometimes with this Wi-Fi and whatnot. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in and add on to the, to the last comments. Um, and I, I, I want to acknowledge what you're saying and, and uh, definitely appreciate it. At the same time, you know, I think that you know, there are some people that are going to want to you know, stay or, 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 or are unable to leave their homes. And the fact is, you know, we can leave here and we can go somewhere else and that may work out for the short term, you know, maybe even for the rest of our lives. But then for the next generations coming up, you know, what happens if we leave a nation like this in the hands of the kind of people that we're, that we're talking about, the type of institutions that we're referring to? And yes, you know, there will likely be some significant crumbling that occurs, but at the same time, um, you know, things like that left unopposed, they, they'll reach you eventually. And if they don't reach you, then they'll reach, they'll reach your kids and they'll reach people later on down the road. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from with both sides. And, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll, you know, agree with you that it's crossed my mind as well. But at the same time, um, you know, departing from opposition is not going to stop that opposition. And that adversary may in turn, in fact, grow stronger. And then the reach will increase, and especially the directions that we're taking towards globalism in all areas. Um, you know, it's uh, my feeling is that we're going to reach a point where there's not going to be anywhere that you can go from this. And something that Bill Stevens was saying last night on the Bitcoin Veterans podcast was that they've got smart people. You know, we're talking about going after shutting down the Wi-Fi uh, of holders, and I mean they they've got smart people. They're not dumb. And I know that we, we make fun of them and we joke on them and, you know, we meme on them and all that stuff, but they're not dumb. Um, they might be misguided and they might be evil even, but they're not stupid and they should not be underestimated. And we should be, ha we should have contingency plans for anything. Um, but that's the fact is, you know, Bitcoiners aren't the only ones that are smart. You know, they, they're ahead of the curve and they're, um, you know, I believe that Bitcoiners have the advantage because that advantage that is delivered by knowledge. But at the same time, yeah, for us to to underestimate um, those in an adversarial position, and they are, they definitely are adversaries. Uh, for us to underestimate them, I believe, would be a mistake. Yeah, I think it's really dangerous to sort of weight a country's treatment of Bitcoin more than anything else and that's that's sort of why i joke about that ak-47 stuff all the time where it's like okay you want to move to europe you want to move to el salvador like u.s is getting bad okay but you can still order an ak-47 online with free shipping in the united states like that's still a thing you know and so you know tax rates are one thing but like the ability to defend yourself and defend your family uh that that's that's a completely other thing this is a pretty, uh, this, it, these kind of topics are very sensitive for a lot of people. 
I'm glad we're talking about them because I think this stuff needs to be talked about. I think this discussion makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. And um, that's, that's okay too. And the reason I say that is the objective here is not to make people uncomfortable, but to understand that like we're in a place in history, in our society, that if we want to keep our way of life, we have to talk about this stuff. You know, for the longest time, I used to hear the previous generation, the boomer generation, basically said, well, you don't talk about God, and you don't talk about politics, and you don't talk about stuff that people find offensive because you just need to be polite. And that way of thinking got us to where we are today. You can't just shut up and not talk about what's important because the enemies of freedom the people who would be happy to take away your freedoms and make you live in a pod and make you eat the bugs and make you not travel more than 15 minutes from your home, they're not going to stop. And in fact, they love it when you shut up and you stop fighting back against that. They love it. That's exactly what they want. So I'm really glad to hear that we're talking about it. I'm going to say one quick thing about, the, about something Chris said here a minute ago, and then I want to welcome up Bill Stebbins to the stage. He joined us last night on Bitcoin Veterans. That was freaking awesome. This guy is very smart. Um, and I appreciate the way that he has adversarial kind of minded thinking about things because it helps us detect where weaknesses are. Also want to say good morning and welcome to Pubby and Anders. So the thing I was going to say real quick, addressing what Chris was talking about, I disagree that America is a violent society. I don't think that's true. I mean, the country <clears throat> broke off from Great Britain and became independent through, through war. Sure, that happened, but less than 3% of the population did the fighting. Even today, the vast, 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 vast majority of Americans have never been in a violent situation in their lives. They don't know what violence is. Statistically, we know that most Human beings, when faced with violence, won't even try to defend themselves. So most people, by nature, are not violent. There's really only, a, I mean, I suppose that can change. You know, when you when you put people into very dire circumstances, right? Human beings can change, but for the most part, most Americans are not violent at all. Don Bay. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, especially with what Gabe was saying and this concept of like, all right, the government comes full throttle, right? They try to kill it. They want to they want to try to shut it down. First of all, I, you know, I can relate to what Bitcoin Chris says. Like, I often think about just leaving the country, but there's no way I'm going to miss that fight with y'all. So unfortunately, I will be hanging tight, um, even though it's probably, be, you know, there, there's a lot of good things about getting out and I don't have any kids. So it's a whole different kind of viewpoint. But the second thing is, you know, we talk about like, how can we prepare for that? I think two ways, mainly if there were to be some kind of fight like that coming down, number one, let the, let the, let the mad geniuses of Bitcoin continue to develop and build support that fully. Right. Cause they will, like Gabe said, stay ahead of the smart people that are in government and they'll always be a step ahead. Number two, broaden the adoption because look at like all the people we've been getting quality folks from different backgrounds 
different groups, different organizations from military to working folks to folks that are in, you know, have been in business. These, this is, this broadens like our ability to fight back against, uh, you know, a much more significant attack on Bitcoin. And so I think those two areas, if we focus on those, you know, continue to let Bitcoiners build and then broaden adoption by those in other areas as they kind of continue to learn, like we're, we're trending in a good spot. Absolutely. I appreciate your comments, Dom and Gabe as well. Um, it's great to have like Alex was saying, it's great to have, you know, opposing arguments and different ways of thinking. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I love America. I'm not leaving or quitting on America. I just understand that the lizards at bay, right? The lizards that are in, right? They're going to fight tooth and nail to, you know, keep their power. So for me, it's just, it's not about leaving or leaving the fight, right? And I, I agree exactly what you're saying, Doc. You know, anytime they do anything to stop, Bitcoiners are going to create a way around it, right? That's that's where innovation comes anytime there's challenges. So I encourage it, actually, because that's... Bitcoin is, you know, anti-fragile. So it's actually perfect what they're doing. It makes us stronger. However, for the future, again, I, I just see it this way. I see America as Rome. They call it the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. Back in the day when our parents were growing up, it's completely different from what we are experiencing now. Not only is the cost of living going up, the cost to buy a home is going up. Inflation is going up. Our politicians are stupid as I don't know what, even President Bukele that stated on, um, what show was that? Um, I forgot the dude's name. Um, <laughs> he was on an interview with, on the Fo the guy that's on Fox News, I forgot his name. Was it Tucker? Yeah, Carl yeah, Carlson Tucker. He said he can see from outside looking in, right? Because we're all inside America, right? And we have a skewed vision of things, in my opinion. He can see from the outside looking in that this is a planned annihilation or, you know, d destruction of our society from the inside out, guys. We, we are in different places in the country, but we have to understand that a lot of these places that have the most population, New York is so shitty, L.A. is so shitty, San Francisco is so shitty. They're, they're, we're, a lot of people are on drugs. A lot of people are hopeless. A lot of people, especially younger generation, don't have anything to look forward to. So that's the reason why I came up with my solution is, hey, in the future, stack as much Bitcoin as I can, you know, and most likely I want to leave because I just see where this is going. I hope it doesn't go that way and I'll be a dual citizen here in the U.S. and in El Salvador. But for me, I can see the bright future in El Salvador because freedom is not just about, you know, protecting your self of course you can protect yourself anywhere right or buying an ak-47 online to ship to your house is pretty dope i love that i love america i love what we can do here freedom of speech right second amendment third amendment all that good stuff but you know if that's all slowly but surely we're like frogs in the pot with the heat being turned up turned up slowly i just think the only way to beat the system is just to opt out where they don't have that control over us so i appreciate yeah. you guys output you're not alone yeah. in that in that thought. There's a lot of people who think like you, and uh, it's a valid it's a valid uh, it's a valid thought process. I mean, I'm not here to judge it. Yeah, I'm I'm not judging. I but I do want to comment that I agree. Obviously, we're being taken down 
internally that's been happening for a long time. But I disagree with the you have to be asleep for the American dream thing. It is true what you said earlier, maybe an hour or two ago, that uh, for us millennials, it's a lot harder than it was for our parents. But if you look at in, in relation to the rest of the world and the opportunities, that's the reason why people come and immigrate to our country to this day, <laughs> so much so that they can't even contain the borders because these people know that that American dream is still alive. And that's why a lot of small businesses that are thriving around our country are foreigners, because the problem for us millennials is, yeah, it's harder for us, but it's because we thought we were going to inherit that throne. Okay, we saw all of our parents and our grandparents get wealthy through real estate and, and high interest rates in their days, and we thought we were going to be handed the same. So I think that society's become complacent and there's a high level of entitlement in our youth. And yeah, we're not getting handed that same dream, true. And maybe we could say that's not fair, but relative to the rest of the world, there's an abundance of opportunity here by comparison. That's well said. Let's go with Pubby. But I also, after Pubby, I would also like to hear from Bill Stebbins, who's now on the stage. Bill's got a lot of thoughts in these areas as well. Pubby, what's up? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, anytime I can jump in with you guys, is a great day. Yeah, you know, um, it, you know, it's interesting just how how Bitcoin um, just everything revolves around it. And as you're talking about what, what's going on in this world, I remember, I mean, my grand grandparents uh, could never recognize this country right now. My my parents barely recognize it. Unfortunately, you know, yeah, kids today that um, they don't remember what it was like. Okay, they don't. Re so that's the hard part with this younger generation. Um, this they're so used to it. And someone was talking about, yeah, the frogs in the in in the water. That's so. It, there's many kids that don't realize what what it was like. You know, back when you could smoke on an airplane. You know, they don't remember these things like where you actually had freedom. And when it comes to what you're seeing right now, um, from the elites is to, well to slow roll uh, Bitcoin out there. They understand what it represents. Uh, what I find interesting over the last three years, especially. Um, this concerted effort, uh, it's not only to divide, okay, it's not only to divide, but also isolate people. And what I mean is like you're, ha half the country is divided 50-50%, basically. Every presidential election comes down 50-50. So you get half the people that don't like the other half. Um, but what they don't really talk about is sort of the isolation they're trying to incorporate. And that could be anything from you need to have this medical passport to fly. Next, it'll be you need a carbon passport. Oh, I mean, you can't. You already you already flew one time this year. That's enough for you, okay? Uh, the CBC is another way. Just it, the division and control they're rolling out. It, it's like unfathomable to me. I, I I just can't believe it's here. And yeah, Bitcoin. I, you know, as, as you know, that's one of my um, I'm gonna call it conspiracy theory. One of my greatest use cases for it is it will it will come down possibly to a black market economy to get anything done. When all your CBCs are tied to your your social credit and and carbon scores, uh, that's the only way you can get around. But yeah, everyone's divided. Who's who's going to lead a, re a resistance, so to speak, when when everyone is on lockdown and you're in 15 minute cities? And there's legislation where you have to buy a car that it, it, it has like a, a like a basically an override system. You know, old cars where you have gas and, and get around. No man, you're looking. You're looking at a very dystopian future already. A lot of people don't see it though. They don't. They they look at they look in the past. They look sideways, but not many people are forward looking. And that's why I love hanging out with you, Bitcoiners, man. That's all.
Thanks for sharing. Um, want to quick introduce Bill Stebbins. Some of you may know who this guy is, a uh, former Army Cavalry officer, uh, lieutenant colonel. He was tasked by the military, actually, to teach um, officers as well. And uh, we had a great chat with him last night. And I think he's a very deep thinker and would like to get Bill's thoughts on this. Bill, good morning. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, good morning. It's it's great seeing everybody here. I'm kind of, uh, I'm only on two cups of coffee, so hopefully I can bring some heat here. But such great ideas, great thoughts here. I think just some things that strike me. First of all, it is so easy, and, and I, I'm tempted to fall into this from time to time, too, to look at the world through these social media propaganda lenses and just see us versus them and see a lot of doom out there. And you know what? I have to reject that, and I would suggest to everyone, and I'm sure you all do as well, is that when I interact with folks out here in the real world, I find such tremendous folks, even folks who are on other sides of the political aisle that perhaps I might be gravitate towards, yet it, it, it's not like it's a binary us versus them. Uh, most everyone wants to be free. Most everyone, when you, you, you really start talking with folks, about the critical aspects of life, you find that it's not like the propagandists uh, on the three-letter news agencies and et cetera, how they're, how they're constructing these, these profiles, these, these constructs for us to view the world, because they do want to divide us. And so someone spoke to this just moments ago, and I really appreciate that. So I have so much optimism. But as we talk, Bitcoin is, one of its aspects is, it, it is money, it, it's power. And when you look at our leaders right now, are those the authorities over us, you know, that little phrase, follow the money, our foreign policy, our domestic policy, it's all tracking per the money and what's enriching folks. And so looking at that, th this is why my going in thesis as a military planner is, that there won't be peaceful coexistence, that that construct that there could be somehow that the federal government at some point would say, you know what, we, we can't kill it. Let's just work with it. And it's just another form of wealth, yada, yada, not that big of a deal. I don't see that. I see, uh, I think Dom said, reference the government coming full throttle. Um, I think that we need to take that as the going in position and then take these incredibly brilliant, amazing brains out there, these folks who have incredible skill coding, incredible skill innovating the technology, but, but shepherding them and bringing them together in innovative kind of brainstorming sessions, red teaming, uh, a military term for looking at some of the worst scenarios that could be out there, red teaming, what is right over the ridgeline future threats to start proactively innovating against that counter innovating against that to construct this armor of bitcoin this protective armor of bitcoin and all the different components uh, that a good defensive uh, shield of armor would have so we can keep this idea going this freedom uh, up that was a hell of a lot of carbon dioxide for the environment so i'll stop for a minute multitasking uh carbon dioxide is good for the environment in my opinion it I mean, makes the never. trees grow faster right good morning alex 
Makes the yeah, juice man. go faster. I just wanted to add to that conversation. Um, um, uh, probably we'll see tyranny grow until it's defunded, right? We'll just see more and more Patriot Acts and Freedom Acts that uh, encroach on freedoms until they're defunded. And we'll do that with Bitcoin. We'll get there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think the question, you know, the, the point of the discussion is, what happens along the way and uh, who stays, you know, in the West to, to slow it down, fight it, whatever. I've not given up on the West just yet. I'm not, when I say the West, I mean America. Um, I'm still here. I don't have plans to leave. That doesn't mean I won't change that at some point, but I mean, there's a lot of good things still happening. You know, like I, I see amazing things happening. Just one example, and I hope you guys don't feel like I'm like just pounding the drum on Bitcoin veterans, but it's shocking to me how much traction is happening in that organization. I mean, hundreds of dudes are involved. More guys get involved every single day. These are very high quality individuals. Some of these guys are 04s, 05s, 06s from the military. And these are, I mean, these are people who are accustomed to leading hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of, of men. Um, very smart guys in a lot of cases, and they're very action-oriented. And they're out there building. Like The, the rate at which these guys are building stuff is, is mind-blowing. Like upcoming here um, in Nashville, you know, in, in, at Bitcoin 2024, there's going to be a ton of stuff going on. Fundraising stuff, community outreach stuff, range day stuff. Bill Stebbins is going to be leading a um, a group a series of workshops to sort of game theory out and uh, discuss all the potential attack vectors, how we need to stay on top of them and ahead of them. Um, I mean, you're starting to get guys into the ecosystem, the Bitcoin ecosystem, who was trained by the United States military on how to war game and how to plan and how to overcome adversarial forces by profession. And uh, it's very interesting to see the, the trajectory that that's taking. Alex, I think you're exactly right. Look, you know, I don't in any way judge folks who, you know, they have a plan B it's maybe moving somewhere else, but, but damn it, you know, I, I joined the military because I, I loved this nation, as folks should love their nations. You know, everybody comes from a different place. You should love your nation. You should love your culture. I love the United States. This is where I was born. This is, but I don't think that that's exclusive. Uh, that that excludes other nations. Uh, my, defending my nation shouldn't mean that I stick my nose in everybody else's business. So that said, when I pulled away from the military. I still have this sheepdog feeling and this sense of commitment to want to defend the nation. I see that Bitcoin is very instrumental in, in preserving wealth, preserving something you work very hard for. And that shouldn't be taken away from you, that this should not be pillaged and robbed and pulled away from you and any of your other rights. So that said, my personal stand, my plan B is not to leave. This is my country. This is my home. I'm staying here and, and I'm going to fight this thing. 
and, and I've, I've gone overseas, I've deployed, I've lived overseas outside of the, the military. And so I have an appreciation for this country and I'll be damned if I'm going to leave. And so I think that it's time to roll up the sleeves and, and counter innovate and, and really work hard to ensure that this project doesn't die. Just like our founding fathers, that they, they had an idea for freedom, but they had to roll up their sleeves and it was a very uncertain battle. They had no guarantees that they could overthrow the superpower of the world at that time. I love it. Bill, it's good to meet you, man. Um, I, I've been involved with, I'm a civilian now, but I've been working with military, with my job, I helped do crisis planning at our embassies and consulates around the world for over 30 years. And it's because, like you say, I, 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 I love America, man. Um, you know, my grandparents served everywhere from Korea to, to Vietnam. Where um, it's, it's because they love their country and you love your fellow Americans. Now, some of the policies, obviously, we totally disagree with. Absolutely, there's a lot of policies I, I, I disagree with. But I, I think I'm with you, man. I'm here. There's nowhere to go. After going to 100 countries, you find out, guess what? They've got bigger problems than we do, man. They absolutely do. Uh, so, yeah, this is great that you can have this, this, this band of people that, that find this common, um, this common thing called Bitcoin and, and have these values. And, and and can work together to sort of spread the word. So yeah, it's great to meet you. I still travel. Like I got on my team. You know, I get to meet young young Marines and and Air Force guys. And and yeah, they, they get it too. They get it too. They understand now. Cause, well, when they're stuck with me for thirty days in our country, and all I talk about is Bitcoin in, in the conference room while we're working, they sort of get it. So it's a, it's an easy way to orange pill them for sure. But yeah, keep up the fight, man. And uh, yeah, great to meet you, sir. No, no, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, such a great community here and folks who really love the nation, but it, but it's even larger than this nation because I wish that every other nation out there, you have folks that, again, they're raising families, that they want to have something for their hard work. This is a universal kind of value and everybody can win on this, not just the United States, but we have to work within the nations that we're at and develop these networks globally you know, and you're seeing it. I just came back from El Salvador. You're seeing it in action there. I have friends in Argentina, and they're seeing it now occurring there. We'll see how that experiment goes. I wish them the best. Uh, but this is, you know, it speaks to the intrinsic essence of being a human being. Excellent, yeah, Bill. Great, great POV. I just want to say this. I think everybody here can agree that, you know, we're, we're all on the same path. And, you know, Bitcoin to me it represents america so it doesn't matter and america the ideas of america is a global idea right so i think as long as we continue to buy bitcoin right use our dirty fiat to buy more bitcoin i think we'll 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 see the fruits of our labor uh sooner than later and not to give up you know on america i'm not saying that at all but um i just want to say thank you guys for having me up i'm about to log off um, shout out to the Swan team, of course, as always. Shout out to all the beautiful people in the world. Shout out to all the orange pillars here. We're all orange. We're not black. We're not white. We're not green. We're not yellow. We're all orange. And together we can change the world. So don't ever forget that. And don't let anybody tell you that we can't do it because we can do it. Let's love you guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for being here, man. All right. We got about 10 minutes left in the show. So we'll start moving towards um, wrapping this up. I want to uh, thank Bill Stebbins for coming up today and, and sharing a little bit. And also, 
um, just add that what Bill is saying, you know, all of these things are universally um, prized by humans, like freedom and our ability to accumulate wealth and have a, a more stable future. I think all humans want that. And interestingly enough, you're starting to see this behavioral thing play out. Like the only ones who are resisting it are the ones who are deeply, deeply entrenched in the old system. They benefit from it tremendously. They're going to be the last ones, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're going to fight tooth and nail to try to keep their old system. Look, Jamie Dimon just literally said, <laughs> if I was the government, I would close down Bitcoin. Like this is a, a guy running one of the largest banks in the world. They don't want to see their kingdoms dismantled. They have a great lifestyle <clears throat> because of their position in the old system. And so it's it's definitely threatening to them. Why would they even be talking about it if it wasn't? And we're certainly in that then they fight you phase. But uh, I will add that because of the human nature aspect of it, because of the behavioral aspect of it, you've got people like Bill, you've got others who are in government in highly placed positions who are becoming Bitcoiners all the time. There are more and more people who are becoming people who this Bitcoin thing is. Even in the organs of government, and so uh, yeah, they then they fight you as here, but this fight is long, long ways from over. Yeah, people, human nature. You know, people are selfish. So since it's a bottom-up technology, you know, it's not going to reach the, the the top of government instantly, and it's not going to reach the top of corporations instantly. It's it's they have to be work that direction as people are incentivized to opt out of the system the further along they get and the more people they orange pill it works its way to the top it doesn't come from the top yeah eric eric weinstein i think said at last uh bitcoin uh the bitcoin mag conference like pushing adoption to the point where fighting bitcoin is almost like uh trying to you know uh, rip off your own face and trying to remove, you know, a cell from your, from your face. And, and it becomes like self-destructive and, uh, it's good to see adoption spreading to areas, uh, that, you know, are, are definitely part of the system. The constituents push the uh, staffers, push the state legislators, push the governors, push the national legislators, the, 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 you know, the tellers, you know, work their way up to managers at banks, and then you have regional managers, and it just works its way through the system from the bottom. Sooner or later, some state governor is basically going to stand up in the gap and say, yeah, we're done. And the beauty of it is if you look at everyone that's attending this space right now, that's listening right here, if you would just, if you could capture all of the talent that's in this group right here, all of the myriad skills and talents and passions, you know, this is the kind of thing, uh, Swan, by, by hosting this and pulling folks together, just the conversations we have, I, I imagine there's so many ideas that are sparking and catching on like wildfire fire that we can't even see right now. And this is the power, is bringing folks together, united under these universal principles 
And so this is just wildly exciting to me. So I really appreciate uh, hosting this and, and what Swan is doing to get this orange signal out there. Yeah, and, and to be clear, it's not just Swan. Like, I appreciate the kind words, but there are tons of companies out there pushing these things forward. There are very, very smart people doing the coding and the heavy lifting behind the scenes that are making this a viable thing, uh, not just now, but into the future. Lots of companies that are pushing forward with this, lots of organizations that are doing the same. And the, the beauty of it is, is that this isn't like us against each other. Like, it's us all aligned in the same direction. And by us, I mean all the people who have an interest in Bitcoin. And it's pretty cool because there are people who come from different backgrounds and have ideas about what's important, what's not important. But, but the money thing and, and the, the desire to have that's actually fair or democratic is uh, it's, it's very directional and focusing. All right, let's get some closing comments before we wrap up. Here. I I am not going to be here obviously tomorrow. I'm, I'm heading out to Unconfiscatable tonight, so I hope to see some of you guys there. Uh, anybody have any closing thoughts before we wrap up here? Keep your okay. inner keep your inner degenerate gambler locked up. Do not feed it, and feed that long term builder. Spread the adoption. Feed that that beautiful person, especially when you're Vegas. I think everybody should think about how to how they can contribute to the mission and try to turn change one mind today, one way of thinking today of one person because that one person may be the person that makes a change later. Yeah, and, you know something now. Everything you hear, everyone's talking about is great, and I love that everyone has this different, uh, unique, uh, creative side that comes out when you find Bitcoin. I found, um, but yeah, thanks to Alex and everyone else, um, and, and I. Said it earlier, but a shout out to every, everyone that has been here um, through through this bear market and the class of twenty twenty one. Congratulations, you guys were it's coming out. You've had a strong hands, so I, I I just commend everyone that has been here. As Al says, you you stayed on the mission. You're still staying on the mission, and guess what, man? It, it is full speed ahead. Um, so I I commend everyone that's been here for even one, two, three, four, whatever number of years. You're you're out here. And you are um, you're putting out a message that is so positive that is such a help to humanity. So, yeah, I commend everyone that um, that that has been here th th those years and just helps others see it. So, thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, anyone else closing comments? Bill, do you have anything you want to say? No, I just really appreciate the energy that's here. I have incredible anticipation for what we're going to do as a community uh, just a shout out to my son-in-law he, he's listening now too that dude is the one who orange pilled me he 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 like uh he got me down in the rear naked hold here in the living room and made me read safe dean's book and said you need to understand bitcoin and so uh he, he was also in the military he just recently got out and uh and, and so you know i really appreciate what he did Uh, just a quick question. When, when are you guys doing that veteran show again? What what night is that? We do them every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we post them up on YouTube. I think Bill was episode maybe 23 or something like that. Yeah, I got to do a better job of getting in there. Great work, guys. Absolutely. 
All right. Uh, that's a good place to stop. I will be seeing you guys next week. And uh, for those of you who still tra- who are still traveling out to Unconfiscatable, safe travels. Hope to see you guys there. Uh, that's a wrap. You've been listening to Cafe Bitcoin, the place for your morning news, a preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds in the industry. Also a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Fountain, wherever you get your pods. Throw me or Swan a follow to be notified when, when they drop. Thanks to Swan Bitcoin and Marathon, sponsors of the show, my crew, Aunt Peter, Seth for Life, Wicked, Dom Bay. I'm your host, Alex Stanzik. Work with Swan. Shoot me a DM if you want to know more. Thanks again to the speakers. Everybody who comes on here on the regular teaching people about this bright orange future, I appreciate you guys. It's a very important mission. I take this stuff really seriously because I have kids. <clears throat> Hopefully I have some grandkids someday. I want them to know a lot of freedom. And Bitcoin doesn't win, man. It's 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 fashionable. So love all you guys. Everybody, uh, have a great day today. Get out there and crush it.